Hello, and welcome back to Let's Talk Chemistry. Today, we have a special guest, Derek Miller, who will be talking about his company Genius Lab Gear and the launch of their new product, the Lab Coat Project. Stay tuned to hear more, and we hope you enjoy. Hi, and welcome to Let's Talk Chemistry, podcast by ChemTalk. Today, we have a very special guest, the creator of Genius Lab Gear, Derek Miller. Derek, would you like to start off just by introducing yourself and your company? Sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Olivia and Young Seth. My name is Derek Miller. I am the founder and owner of Genius Lab Gear, which is a small business I started a few years ago, basically with the purpose of solving these little frustrations that we experience in the lab, in our laboratory research every day that a lot of companies aren't really paying attention to. And I think can really make a big difference in everyone's day and the way that they you know, spend their time at work. That's awesome. So just to start off, can you talk a little bit about what inspired you to start Genius Lab Gears? Or is there like a specific origin story as to how it was created? Um, I think it goes back to when I was doing my research in material scientists by training, and I did a lot of wet chemistry and nanoparticle synthesis and things like that, some sol gel chemistry. And through my experience there, it just felt like you know, the big pieces of equipment that we had worked well, and those were great. But there were so many little things in like organization, in how we handled things and ergonomics and just having things ready and efficient and well organized that could have been a lot better. And it felt like, you know, a lot of people come up with lab hacks for these types of things, which are just duct tape and sticks sometimes. But it seemed like we could do a better job of making things that really help the user experience and research. And by doing that, you really reduce the friction in doing your job every day and you can hopefully do better work and stay in scientific research longer for, for a better career. So really it was back in my, my PhD, you know, grad school days where I just ran into so many problems. There, there are little things, nothing like of note specifically, but they just built up and built up and built up. And it sometimes made me just not want to go in the lab that day. And I thought that, you know, several years later, I decided that it was a good time to try to tackle some of those problems. Yeah, that's really wonderful. I'm glad we have people like you who notice those problems and try to solve it creatively. To talk a little bit more about your launching product, the lab coat, can you give a little bit more as to why you chose that specific part of research to improve upon? Sure. Yeah, it, it didn't start with that. So I started small. Mostly I focused on some small like metal, I call them pocket cards. One is a, a chemistry stencil with which has all the normal molecules you would use in organic chemistry that and a couple other of the pocket cards plus some other fun accessories for the labs those were the kind of the small things i started with that are more approachable more affordable to start without a big upfront investment the lab coats are something i wanted to do since grad school but i never had the resources really to do it and so over time i it just kept eating at me and eating at me and once I kind of established the business and I had an audience and I had some sales and a website and everything kind of the structure was in place, I was driving, I had a long drive. I think it was during COVID because I didn't want to fly. And I was just mauling over this problem still. And how can I make a better lab coat when I don't know anything about apparel and I don't necessarily even have the funding to go spend that much money on it. And I kind of decided that we could do it together if we got enough data and enough people to crowdfund it and to help design it in kind of an iterative crowdsourced process. 
And so that's when I landed on the idea that maybe if we could get a thousand survey responses, that would be enough support and enough data to really go tackle all these problems based on direct feedback from scientists who are experiencing those problems. And that's when I, I decided to do it and not by myself. And luckily after about a year, we got a, we got to a thousand responses. And so we started prototyping things and now we're up to over 1500 responses. We've made a bunch of prototypes, we have a bunch of testers, and we are very close to starting a manufacturing run. That's amazing. And I think that especially getting that feedback from real scientists and people that are working in wet labs is especially important because those are the ones who are wearing the lab coats on a daily basis, or if not daily, very frequently, and have experience with the kind of lab coats that are on the market right now. So given that, could you talk a little bit about what some of the responses were that you received surrounding lab coats on this survey? Yeah, they were shocking, I guess, is one word I would use. Surprising. I, I really started it thinking about more of organization efficiency. Should we have more pockets, better pockets, certain features involved in it that just make lab work easier. And when the responses started coming in, it became a much more personal issue than I expected it to. A lot of the responses were from women, especially that just didn't feel like lab coats were designed for women at all. And they really had negative mental health effects, self-esteem effects on their day-to-day -day work. It's like if you were given a uniform to go to work every day and it felt like a straitjacket, you know, how well could you do your job? Or if it made you, if it was the worst fitting thing that you wore in your life and you had to wear it every day in a professional setting, how would that make you feel? And that's what I didn't really expect going into it, but that's, that's really what we uncovered. So I can share a few of the quotes if you want me to. One of the kind of common responses, this is a good representative quote. It says, I am short and I have a pear-shaped figure. This means that to get a lab coat to fit around my hips, I have to get a bigger size, sometimes a large, and the top of the coat flaps around. The top button is frequently below my bust. The extra, flat, the extra fabric flaps around on top and the sleeves are too long, so I have to roll them up. That's a, that's a very common sentiment that we got, honestly, hundreds of comments that said something along those lines where a lot of women have to order a unisex lab coat because that's what their laboratories, you know, set up contractually to, to order. And they're really just cylinder shaped and they're not designed around women's body types. They're really not even designed around most men's body types either. Just They're just kind of in the middle and they don't really fit anyone that well. And one, one other one along those lines says, you know, the snaps bust open if I move around because of my shape and the fact that at least one part will be hugely loose, knocking things over as I attempt to be careful. And she said, it has made me look incompetent so many times. Um, and then, you know, it goes on and on. People talking about imposter syndrome, about not feeling professional, about not feeling like themselves, even when they put their lab coat on. And it really, I, I just can't imagine what it does to your work ethic and how you feel about doing research at all when you have to deal with that every day. So that's really what we're here to fix. Right. Absolutely. And I think that that's extremely important and it emphasizes how important your mission of creating this lab coat is because I would have never even realized how much this affects so many people. I mean, when I was working in a lab personally, I would have to wear a lab coat occasionally. When I did, I wasn't really happy about it just because they are often oversized. The sleeves are often a nuisance. 
And I would particularly just try to dress for the day full covered so that I wouldn't have to wear a lab coat. And just hearing so many of these responses that you got, it just shows really how important this mission really is. And piggybacking on that, what are some of the key aspects of the lab coat that you have added to address some of these concerns and that make it different from some of the ones that are currently on the market right now? Yeah, well, the the challenge is really how can you make a lab coat that fits everyone and everyone has a different body type? And it's really impossible to make a single design that fits everyone perfectly. That's why everyone has to get their suit tailored anyway. But what we were able to do is and we're also kind of restricted by manufacturing minimum. So we have to we have to manufacture at least a thousand of any given design split up into different sizes. So we, to start with the smallest approachable number for a small business, we ha- we said, how can we make a single design that has more adjustments and flexibility so that instead of fitting, you know, 30% of scientists really well, now this one lab coat might fit 80% of scientists really well. How can we affect positively affect the most scientists the fastest with an improved lab coat? And so some of the things that we built in, one big thing was the really the biggest thing is it's not unisex. We will promise you right now, we will never make a unisex lab coat ever. We have a men's and a women's version. The men's version has a little bit wider shoulders and then it narrows a little bit more towards the hips. And the women's version flares much more at the hips and waist because that seemed to be the the common problem point for most women. And then if it's not, we have another feature built into the back. It's a kind of a folding, it's called inverse box pleat. It folds back on itself. So when you reach forward, it gives you about two extra inches of motion in your shoulders. And then it collapses back on itself when you're not stretching. And then we also built in a belt. And the belt, uh, I tested a lot of competitor lab codes and the belts are usually just for show. At most, they might have one button that that you can do. And then if you do that, it kind of flaps like a, like a tail wagging on the back of your lab coat the whole time. And it can, it can catch on things too. And so it's kind of a safety hazard. So we built an internal belt that follows a, a kind of a seam on the inside of the lab coat. And it really pulls the fabric in nice and tightly on your side so it doesn't billow up. And that can take up to like eight inches off of your waist if you want it, right? So you can start with more of a cylinder shape if that's best for you. But you can also pull it in really tight if you want more of the, the hourglass shape or the princess shape that otherwise doesn't really exist in, in most lab coats. Uh, and then the other thing is the sleeves. We, you know, the data was like really strong that people wanted long knit cuffs more than the straight cuffs, especially in chemistry labs. You are working with graduated cylinders and a lot, a lot of glassware. And I've knocked over a bunch of different pieces of glassware with leaves that hang down too far. And by tightening up the sleeves, making them a little bit more tapered, and then using those long knit cuffs, those cuffs give you a lot of flexibility on the sleeve length. So uh, we made them a little bit longer than normal, which helps the people that always deal with short sleeves, which is a safety issue and makes it feel like a straight jacket. And then if they're too long for you, it still hugs your wrists well. And so the rest of the material is just absorbed in your in the length of the arm. And so those are like three big things that really give flexibility in the, the sleeve length, the shoulders and the waist that are still within one single design. That was all very comprehensive. And I don't know if this is the right connection, but it 
kind of reminds me of like how personalized medicine is becoming huge. Like we want to pay a lot of attention on our individual needs and wants. And I feel like your lab coat and all the different designs can address those. And I'm excited to see them. But we also want to hear a little bit more about the kind of sizes that will be offered once the coat is launched. So could you tell us a little bit more about that aspect? Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of sizing, we're able to do many different sizes from, I think we're, we're planning on doing extra, extra small up to 5XL, more or less. We might drop one or two based on our ship models. And we've tested, we've recorded or recruited 28 beta testers, ranging from 80 pounds to 350 pounds, from five foot to six foot six. So we're really testing like a really big range. We have roughly two per size per gender for our, our testing. And they've been sending me this week, they've been sending me a ton of feedback on how the fit is and all these other features. And that will help us determine where are we leaving people out, right? Where are, is our petite, is, is our extra, extra small or small? Is that small enough for someone who considers them petite? Like, should we launch a petite cut separately? And then if you're taller than average, should, should we launch a tall version instead? And so far, it looks like we could use a tall version for people who are over maybe six foot two, for men who are over six foot two. And then we could probably use a petite version as well for a certain body type. And because of the manufacturing minimums, we're not going to be able to order those specifically this first run. But that's the next thing we plan on addressing as soon as we get some consistent sales. And really, we're also relying on the first you know, 2000 lab coats that we order to give us that data of people saying, here's my body type and my body size. And this one is too small or this one's too big or the sleeves are too short or too long. And when we get that data, we should be able to come back and release a petite cut and a tall cut to help address that anybody that we're, that we're leaving out. And so we're really relying not just on the survey data that we got, but actually just ongoing for everybody that ends up buying and using the lab coat. We want that feedback to continue improving and making sure that no one's body type is left out. And I think that's a really good mission, especially because, you know, everyone's body is so different. And as we've seen with unisex lab coats, they just don't address the needs of everyone. And I think that, you know, obviously it would be ideal if we could release every single type of lab coat and every single size in the first round, but shows how important it is that this first run, you know, goes well and everything. So given that the lab coats take off, what are some other kind of cuts of lab coats that you hope to produce other than petite and tall? Or are those your main other thoughts that you've been thinking about? I think those are the two biggest subsections that are likely to get left out, I guess, of the initial design. And that's what we want to do first. The other thing we've been working on, we've kind of already started the design already, is a maternity lab coat, which is, it really blows my mind that I, I can't find one right now. I've Googled, I spent many hours Googling and searching. There are a few small businesses that have tried to make these in the past and they have made them for a very short term and then they've all failed. And I'm not sure why they failed. It could be, you know, the volumes or the marketing, but there are some rough estimates are that I did show that there's at least maybe 30,000 women working in labs, probably wearing lab coats every year that are going through maternity. So I don't think the market's too small to, to order, to manufacture maybe a thousand of them to get started. And it's, it's even, it's really surprising some of the bigger lab coat companies, if you Google maternity lab coats, they are advertising on that keyword so that they show up first. 
but then you click on their page and it just takes you to another page telling you why they don't have maternity lab coats. They basically just say the business isn't there. Or they, they think their other stuff will fit. Okay. And from the women I've talked to, at least three of our beta testers have already gone through a pregnancy wearing a lab coat. And they've told me that there's nothing available right now. And so with the same principles of getting some feedback, talking to some people and really going through an iterative design process, I think we can make a, a maternity lab coat and have it available in the, you know, at least four or five different sizes to address the majority of the maternity problems that women face. We really don't want women to have to choose between their family and their career, you know, while they're going through that, we want them to be able to, to keep showing up to work every day and doing their, doing what they love to do if they choose to do that and be well protected the whole time. That is super inspiring. I'm super happy that you are going to look into that genuinely. Another aspect that I'm curious in about your lab coat is I know that in a chemistry lab or in any certain scientific setting, there's this risk of fire because fire is used a lot in lab. And I'm wondering if your lab coat has an added feature that would protect scientists from fire by chance. Yeah, definitely. So I really have done a lot of deep dives in lab coat materials and the textile factory that we're working with has FR flame retardant materials as well. Based on the pricing that we, we wanted to make this lab coat affordable for the average grad student. And the data of people's responses said about $50 is the max that they would feel comfortable paying most of the time. And doing an FR material would put us over that probably in like the $70 range. And so for this first version, the most widely requested material is 100% cotton. And 100% cotton is not flame retardant, but it does burn much slower and it doesn't melt to your skin like polyester does. And so polyester is really the biggest risk around flames. So as long as we can get rid of that polyester in the lab coats, we will satisfy most general chemistry lab requirements, especially around Bunsen burners and, you know, less hazardous heat and flames. And that's also the entry point for a lot of people into science is that first, you know, general chemistry class that they take their freshman year. And we really don't want a, a terrible lab coat to make them feel like they don't want to do research from day one. And so I think addressing that and making a 100% cotton lab coat can be a very broad umbrella for scientists with general safety requirements. Other flame things that we did, well, the, the snaps are critical. You can rip it off in you know less than two seconds compared to plastic buttons, which can also melt. And if your plastic buttons melt, then <laughs> you might not be able to get your lab coat off at all. And, and then we also made a convertible collar, which I'm really happy with. Um, the data actually showed most people wanted their collar to be down in the V-shaped lapel, but a lot of people want the extra protection of having it buttoned all the way up to your neck. So it goes down and up with the snaps and it covers all the way up to your, your collarbone that way. So really happy with the safety features and the first one's 100% cotton, but we do want to offer a, an FR version in the near future as soon as we get, you know, the volume and the, the request for that. Absolutely. And I think that even just having the 100% cotton and the snaps is a great way to prevent fire injuries if that does happen in the lab without, you know, the flame retardant cost. So I think that kind of does bridge a little bit of that gap in between the two, which is great for this style of lab coat. And kind of going off on cost a little bit, could you talk a little bit about what the cost of the lab coats will be or 
if there are going to be any sort of specials for pre-order. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. One of the things I promised from the beginning is we are going to be totally transparent about what it actually costs to make for every, you know, button and snap that we that we put in there. Because what I found when I looked at the the best lab coats out there are really made for doctors and they cost like $150. And those are the markup on those is so high that I would feel bad about selling something with an 80% margin to scientists who just need it for daily protection. So what we decided to do was publish all of our costs. And right now our current projections are about $21 of cost from the manufacturer per lab goat. And then it's going to take about 10 more dollars in various shipping and storage and, and warehouse fees to actually get it to the scientist. And so it'll cost us about $30 by the time you get it. And then our maximum pricing data also said about $50 was the, the maximum that people are comfortable paying if they need to buy it for themselves. So we're setting the price, the, kind of the, the long-term retail price is will be $49.95 right at $50. And that'll give us about a 40% margin, which is okay. Well, Sparrow companies want 60, 70, 80% margin. And so, but we think we can be sustainable at that price and give a really good value to everyone. And then for the pre-order, because the pre-order is going to take about five to six months after you, you know, make your order until you actually get the lab code. So we want to incentivize that, incentivize people to, to order early and really reward our earliest supporters. There's been so many people that email me that have been following along this whole time. And they are pumped that it's it's finally coming true. And so the first pre-order price is $42.50. So it's 15% off for the first 200 people or 100 of, of each gender. And then it'll go up to only 10% off for the next 200 people and 5% off for the last 200 people for pre-order. And then after that, because the margins are actually pretty bad, we aren't going to discount the lab coat really ever again. And we may actually need to raise the price in the near future, but we promised $50. And so we are going to start with $50 for all the, the early supporters. That's awesome. And I think that's, you know, a great way to maintain the company still succeeding, but also providing the public with something affordable and comfortable and will make them feel good about themselves as well. Absolutely. Yeah. We're really excited about it. Yeah. And to bounce off that, we were wondering where you plan to ship these lab coats. Is it going to stay domestic? Are you planning on ever going internationally for international sciences? Yeah. One one thing I actually really wanted to focus on, and I, I don't think I've talked much about, is accessibility of getting the lab coats. Because it's not that there aren't better lab coats out there necessarily. It's that a lot of scientists either don't even try to look for a better one, which is what I what happened to me in grad school. I just had a really bad one and I never even thought to go look online and, and try to find one that was better for me. The other one is a lot of people are locked into institutional contracts for laundering and things like that that make it hard to get a better lab coat because of things that are totally out of their control. And so we want to make sure that anybody can hop in with a credit card or PayPal account and order it from really anywhere in the world if that's really what they need. And then separately, we will try to get into re those retail channels and contracts eventually. But first, this needs to be able to succeed through our, our online store. And so we have our platforms on Shopify, which is one of the biggest e-commerce platforms. It's very sophisticated and we're able to ship anywhere in the world. So 
we're planning on shipping obviously within the United States. And then we often ship already to most other countries in the world. We've probably shipped to 150 different countries in the history of, of our company already. And that can be UPS or DHL, and then it gets passed off to local carriers too. So we're well-versed in shipping internationally and shouldn't have any problems. It'll probably be about $10 of shipping costs in the United States. We can't offer free shipping because the margin is already pretty bad. And then so far what I've seen is it's it's roughly 20 to 30, sometimes $40 internationally for one lab coat, which is a lot. And so if people have other lab mates, if they want to bundle an order together, a five or 10, it can really drive down the, the shipping cost per lab coat to just a few dollars if they order it all together. That's awesome. And I wanted to ask a little bit of a different question in a different direction. You've mentioned that you've had a lot of individuals beta testing the lab coats and working in the lab with them. And if you're comfortable sharing, what have been some of the responses so far of people using this lab coat in real time? Yeah, honestly, it's it's been a lot more positive than I expected. I was, you know, I had this really deep worry that we're going to get everybody these lab coats and and they would hate them, but it's been extremely positive. Most of the beta testers, and again, they're all we chose them as different sizes, different heights and weights of every of every type. And overall, the lab coats fit them extremely well. The one person, you know, he's a guy who's six six, and the sleeves are a little short on him. But that was kind of the line of where the sleeves were too short. Everyone else, they they seem to fit really well. What really surprised me is a lot of people said, like, I finally have a lab coat that makes me feel good wearing it. It it feels like normal clothes, they said, rather than just this thing that I this sheet that I throw on. Some other people said comments along the lines of it makes them feel more professional. It makes them one like I actually feedback today. One woman said it made her stand up a little bit straighter in the lab because she just kind of felt better about putting it on. And another thing I was really kind of worried about is the material. We we actually went through three or four iterations of different prototype material weaves of that cotton to really get not just the 100% cotton, but get the the feel and the mechanical process they can do to make it soft and also very white and breathable, but not as see-through. So a lot of work went into that. And overall, the response has been extremely good as in terms of rating the material as too hot or cold or, or too scratchy versus soft. Everybody said like it's right in the middle on average. Most people are really happy with that. So overall, they, the response has been great. Most of the people wearing them has said that the rest of their lab mates also want to order one. And I've gotten messages already from PIs saying, hey, I was really impressed with your lab coat. I think our lab is planning on ordering one for everybody when, when you come out. So they were asking for more information. That's wonderful. It's so great to see that, you know, when people are actually working with it and using it, that it has lived up to all the standards that you wanted it to live up to, you know, and everything that you wanted to include and convey to make people enjoy working in a lab coat, it seems has been working out. So I just think that's wonderful. And shows, you know, how great of a mission this really is. And I think that it'll be a hit when it releases. So just as a final question, just wanted to ask, when does pre-sale open? And, you know, where can people find the lab coats and start pre-ordering them if they're interested? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk a little bit about it. The 
pre-order is going to open on August 31st, 2023 at noon Eastern time. And we'll have emails and social media posts. So if you just find us at Genius Lab Gear anywhere on social media or geniuslabgear.com slash LCP is the URL that will get you to the pre-order page. So it'll open on the 31st. Our goal is to sell 600 lab coats within six weeks. And we are honestly, if we can't hit that, then there's not enough demand and we didn't do a good enough job and we will kill the project, which has been a lot of work. And I really don't want to do that. So, and we also have to put a time limit on it because if it takes too long to get to the goal, people's orders kind of get stale. They might not need a lab coat by the time it's going to be delivered five months later. So we really need to keep the timeline quick so that everybody who orders can get their lab coat as soon as possible. Well, that's great to hear. Hoping that, you know, you get those 600 orders in six weeks and best of luck for the continuation of the project. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really excited. So thanks for having me and giving me the chance to talk about it. Of course. Thanks for listening to this exclusive episode of Let's Talk Chemistry. In celebration of the release of this new lab coat, Genius Lab Gear and ChemTalk will be collaborating on a giveaway for a brand new lab coat. Interested in entering? You can find more information on the giveaway rules in the episode description or on our Instagram at ChemTalk. Thanks so much for listening and talk to you again soon.